Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. As you can see by the title of today's episode, it is about the June pandemic update. The June pandemic update. And of course, I'd be remiss if I did not start off this episode by, I guess, discussing and giving a couple thoughts and sentiments on the George Floyd murder in Minneapolis. Of course, we as a nation and pretty much a world, all over the world, um, have been mourning the death by of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department, and in particular that one cop who stood on his neck for many, many minutes, over eight minutes. Just horrifying, horrifying, and absolutely disgusting. Um, so uh, as a lot of people have seen throughout the course of this week, uh, there's actually been I've been, you know, I've seen a lot. A lot of people have been talking about how Black America has actually, Black America has been hit by two pandemics during this time. One, the uh, COVID pandemic, which I've been kind of reporting on and giving my take on uh, pretty much weekly since it has started back in March. And the second one being uh, police brutality, and of course that has been going on for uh, centuries now, over 400 years. Um, that the black community has been subjected to. So I definitely wanted to uh, give my respects to uh, George Floyd and just the, the movement and the groundswell of um, the ground, the, just the groundswell of support that movement has gotten over the past couple of weeks since his murder on, I believe it was Memorial Day. So, uh, you know, a lot of people have been seeing the protests go on around um, pretty much in every major city across the United States. In many major cities across the world, um, I've been touched by the protests in Berlin, um, you know, the protests in London. You've seen protests all around the world and in major cities in the USA, New York, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, L.A. I mean, you name the city, there have been protests. Um, so I definitely wanted to give my respects to George Floyd because uh, he, he really inspired a movement. And I think now America is at a point and I actually saw today France is enacting some, you know, new legislation against police brutality. And it's crazy because it's not even really that big of a problem there when you just look at the numbers. Of course, I don't live in France. I don't know. You know, I haven't, I haven't really talked to that many black people from France. So I don't know what it's like day to day. But just looking at the numbers, it is way more of an American problem. It's a ridiculous American problem. Um, in many other countries don't seem to have as big of that as big of an issue as America does when it comes to police brutality and policing in general. But they're even enacting legislation. So we'll see what happens in America. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a federal federal level type of uh, legislation enacted, but definitely I've been seeing things about the Minneapolis the Police Department. They are going to be uh, kind of breaking it apart and rebuilding it in a much better and more community-based system. So that's good. So I think there will be other cities around the country that uh, will adopt a similar model, especially if it deems to be even more effective and more cost-friendly than the model they have now. Um, I was just listening to the uh, Earn Your Leisure podcast, and they were talking about the actual the business aspects. And I'm not going to get too much deep into here because this is a clinical research podcast, but they were talking about the business aspects of police brutality. So can you believe that there are plenty of people that benefit from police brutality, from unarmed people, predominantly black and brown people, getting beat up by the police. 
Can you believe that people actually profit off of that? That's why nothing has changed in these hundreds of years because there are people profiting off of it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go in too much detail on the podcast, but they talk about uh, these bonds that are put out there for the police to, um, so when, you know, they have these settlements when these for these uh, police brutality cases and the insurance company doesn't want to pay all of these um, settlements out. So they actually put up these bonds for sale that people buy and taxpayers buy. Um, and, you know, companies like Wells Fargo, you know, these uh, BlackRock, these big investment firms actually make money off of police brutality because of this. Um, so you can go listen to that podcast. Um, it's, uh, it's on the Earn Your Leisure podcast. So I, I forget the name of the actual uh, episode, but it's a recent one. It came out uh, not, not too long ago. But yeah, it's just heartbreaking. So just wanted to show my, give my uh, respects to George Floyd. And, you know, I was going to make an episode talking about how, you know, people in clinical research, just because they're at work with you every day during this, you know, they're not okay. Um, and I guess I give a few comments about that too. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, you know, doesn't matter your color or race, were deeply affected by that murder. And I know I was feeling a little bit down, uh, probably why I wasn't uploading too much during that time. But I was definitely feeling down over those couple weeks. And I think social media, it was very, very nice to be able to um, be able to see it and enact justice very, very swiftly. That's one of the benefits of social media. Um, whether you get justice in the courtroom, you're definitely going to get justice as how people perceive you. Um, you know, these protests have been able to grow in size very, very quickly and become very, very intimidating. Um, hence, you know, in Minneapolis, they burned down the actual police precinct. I don't think you would have been able to get that um, level of intensity um, without social media. And of course, we would not have been able to see the George Floyd murder without um, cameras being around. So the camera is absolutely a great thing. These cell phones are absolutely a great thing. Um, and we need to continue to film these acts of brutality. But, you know, I think also the downside is you can get shocked by what you see on social media. You can get overwhelmed um, and even depressed by this constant, constant stimulation of these events. And I, you know, I, was, I found myself, I was constantly looking at, you know, every five minutes, I was checking my phone. Every, every two minutes, I was just glued to Instagram. I was glued to CNN.com or whatever website. Um, I wanted to know what was going on because there was constant things happening. And then that hacking group Anonymous got involved. And there were constant things happening with that. So I was checking Twitter nonstop. And, you know, after a week and a half of that, I was like, I am burnt out. Um, and so, I, you know, I put the phone away for pretty much the whole Saturday. So that was very, very nice and very, very good for my mental health and well-being. So I encourage you guys to do that, too. If you're feeling, you know, depressed, downtrodden a little bit because of all the events going on, whether it be coronavirus or um, the George Floyd mur murder or the Ahmaud Arbery murder, too. Don't want to leave that name out there. And all the other names of uh, black individuals who have uh, died at the hands of police or police misconduct. You feel like, you know, it's just becoming too much. A lot of it, I think you can, is the source of the cell phone. So don't be afraid to put your cell phone away for a while and don't look at it. And just go outside and enjoy the outdoors or just enjoy your friends and family. Because it can be a lot at one time. So thanks for listening to that. Let's go ahead and get into the coronavirus updates for clinical research. So the corona of this episode is June 8th, 
it's June 8th today. I was recording of this episode, so it'll probably go out a little bit later. What has been going on? So a lot of you guys know a lot of my sites are along the east eastern seaboard of North Carolina. I go up and down the east coast. It's pretty much my region. Southeast, east coast. Occasionally, we get out to the west a little bit, but most of the time, east coast. So New York City, that's one of my popular locations I go to. So they're still completely closed to patient visits as well as monitoring and visitor visits. So that's one of the places that was hit the hardest by coronavirus, but they seem to be turning it around a little bit. Um, I've heard places like Florida and uh, I think Arkansas or Mississippi, those are places, probably the places that opened up way too early um, are getting hit really, really hard now and the cases are just skyrocketing. So, um, you know, I have sites in Florida, I have sites in Ohio. So those are the places that I thought I was going to be able to get to earlier, but we'll see with these new cases. But obviously, New York City, they just opened phase one up actually today. Um, And, you know, they're moving in the right direction, but New York City, Washington, D.C., those places still pretty much on lockdown as of today. North Carolina, um, I do have one site there. They are on lockdown also, but things are starting to open up. They're allowing um, patient visits now. Visitor visits, monitoring visits will probably be open in a few weeks. So just playing that by ear. Um, So that's pretty much it. We're still pretty much doing the exact same thing, sheltering in place, working from home. Um, Work from home is going to be here for a long time. Because I think even though we're we're opening up in phases, um, that by the letter of the law, I think the actual function, what people are actually going to do is still want to maintain social distancing they're only going to want to go out to eat and that be it. I don't think they're going to, you know, bars and clubs, I don't think are going to open for a long time. Concerts, we're not going to be doing those, I've heard, until 2021 in general. Um, everything's going to have to be socially distanced. And, you know, so we're just continuing to be mindful of that. Um, the one part of the traveling that I'm a little hesitant of is the airplane ride because everyone is locked in a metal tube for an hour or two hours or however long the, the flight is. Um, and being in such close contact with people in the airport. Um, I fly Delta, so that means I'm going through Atlanta airport a lot. And of course, coronavirus has been through there, I'm sure, multiple times. Um, so obviously nervous of that. So one thing I will be doing is doing direct flights only or as much as possible. Um, and driving if I can. Um, you know, I have a, a couple sites that are in driving distance. Um, that I could definitely do. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that while I can. And you guys know I hate driving. Um, Driving is my least favorite thing to do, um, especially for hours and hours. And I think it's a bad use of time if you're a CRA2 to drive, um, unless it's close. But if you're driving hours and hours, it's a terrible use of time if you're a CRA. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. No major updates. Things are still pretty much locked down for me. I'm sure I've heard some CRAs are getting back on the road that working for other companies. Um, They've lifted our CRA travel ban. I know pretty much most companies did a travel ban on employees and CRAs. They've lifted that, but they still want approval from the higher ups on if you should travel there or not. Um, So that's pretty much what's going on with that. Um, we're, We're allowed to travel. It's just. Um, getting sites that are willing to accept visitors and put their patients in a little bit of a risky situation. Um, You know, just is what it is. 
Um, it's interesting. A lot of the higher-ups don't understand. They think the CRAs are just sitting at home doing nothing, twiddling our thumbs. Couldn't be further from the truth. Um, they just they just don't get that our job is actual work. And it's funny because a lot of my friends um, even think that too, that I'm just sitting at home doing nothing or when I'm traveling, I'm on the road, I'm you know, in the five-star hotels and you know, popping champagne bottles and you know, I'm on vacation. I'm not on vacation, I'm working. Um, whether I'm at home or I'm in a fancy hotel in the penthouse suite, uh, we're working. Of course, all this stuff is nice, but we're working. Of course, working from home is nice and being able to do that, uh, do, do work from home this whole time has been nice, but we're working. And in a lot of scenarios, we're doing more work than we were on the road. Um, just for an example, well, there's a lot of documentation we have to do because we can't see it in person. Um, there's a lot of documentation I've had to do going back and forth via email as opposed to just talking in person because a lot of coordinators, they'll do they'll do some things that you ask them to do remotely, but they're really there with you in present in the situation when you're actually on site with them. So a lot of coordinators will work that way. They're there. They'll answer questions for you. They'll do what you need. They'll get what they, what you need um, while you're on site with them. But once you leave, um, they're hard to get in touch with. That's how a lot of coordinators work. Um, so that makes that puts a lot of effort on us, a lot of pressure on us to get things done remotely. And it's a lot harder when you built that relationship with that site to not really bother them when you're not coming in for a visit. So that sucks. But a lot of people think we're not working and we're working hard. Trust me, we're working really hard right now. And in a lot of ways, I'm working harder than when I was on the road. Um, so needless to say, I think a lot of us CRAs are ready to get back on the road, <laughs> make it, bring it back how it was, bring back life how it was. Um, but of course, we want to do it in a safe manner and without putting ourselves and others at risk. So we'll see. Um, so that's the June COVID update, the week one update, or is this week two technically? This is week two, technically, of June. Um, I think we'll have some some changes, some major updates in a couple of weeks. Um, but of course, I'm gonna continue to do my weekly updates, and um, hope you guys enjoyed this one. So, I've been doing a lot of career consultations with individuals during this time. So, if you're interested in career consulting, um, and I've been giving people a little bit of a deal during coronavirus. Um, so, email in if you want that deal message type in the message coronavirus deal if you want the career consultation um you know i'll give you a little bit off um but a lot of people have been emailing in for um career consultation and i've been helping out a lot of people with that so if you're interested in that um learning how to actually break in for you um, because there's a lot of generic advice out there and i've even given generic advice on my channel but not every person's background lends itself to that advice and you may have a background where it may be easier for you to break in a different way than someone else. So a lot of people have been interested in that custom feedback, that custom career advice, that custom custom career consultation. Um, so if you're interested in that, email in eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. We also have resume review programs. So you know I have a lot of resume advice I give on the channel. Um, you can see in old videos, old episodes. A lot of good resume advice, but once again, that's generic advice. Um, so if you want advice for your particular background, experience level, etc., you'll want a, a custom resume review for you. So you can email in if you're interested in that, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com also. Um, so that's the benefit 
of, you know, getting the custom feedback and custom consultation is you get it specifically for you rather than just generic information across the board. Um, and then you also understand the why. Um, a part of it is understanding the why you're doing these things, why this is better than something else. So you understand it and can better parlay your experience in an interview situation than just doing it because someone said it. So that's one. That's another one of the benefits we offer too. So if you're interested in that, I've already said the email address a bunch of times, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. So you guys take some rest. Enjoy your week. Get back to work, guys. Um, be safe. Social distance. Enjoy your food. Tell your friends and family you love them. And, um, you know, continue to be great. Take care.